Hello and welcome to Engagement Express, episode 24, the podcast series for engagement HR and internal communication professionals. Join me every fortnight to hear more about the things you should be reviewing and doing regularly to increase engagement in your organization. I've been thinking a bit about how internal communication has fared during the pandemic. Obviously, all eyes have been on us, our activities, and us as a communication function. So I thought it would be interesting to look at how challenging that space still is one year from the start of the pandemic. Also looking at strategy versus practical, or perhaps it's not versus, perhaps it's strategy running alongside execution and how that fares for the employee communication specialist. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And also looking at the function. How do we create an internal communications function? What's the ideal structure look like? What are the roles? What are the responsibilities? So let's dig in. Internal comms renaissance. I think we who have worked in IC or internal comms for some time have realised how much of an impact the pandemic has had on our profession. We have been truly exposed, in a good way, to the organisations we serve and the stakeholders we work to support. The pressure at the start of the pandemic in March 2020 was a steady pressure cooker environment that came to the boil in July as organisations began to get back to something resembling the usual ways of working. During the first COVID-19 wave, all eyes were on the internal communications function to perform a number of vital tasks. Naturally, the first one was to ensure clear and constant communication was provided to colleagues, no matter their job role, location or level in the business. This communication activity was so challenging because no one knew exactly what was going on and the situation was changing so rapidly that it was difficult to absorb it and react accordingly in one's own personal life, let alone informing others what to do in their working environment. What's more, the communication needed to be coherent and consistent. The frequency was the most I had ever witnessed as standard communication channels took a backseat to communication vehicles dedicated solely to the pandemic. Senior stakeholders began to realise or at least appreciate more the crucial role that internal communications plays in the overall well-being of employees. Internal communicators were brought into meetings they had previously been excluded from or certainly not invited to. They were having discussions with senior stakeholders like the CEO and his or her direct reports, the C-suite. Not only for the usual tactical execution. How many times have we all heard the old line of work your magic on this text? No, we were now being asked to provide counsel and advice on not just what to say, but when to say it, how to say it, how many times to say it, or in fact, if it should be said at all. This has certainly resulted in an elevation of the IC function and perhaps a newfound respect for the important role that IC plays in ensuring organisations run smoothly. It will be interesting to see how companies react to this and whether it translates to sustained increase in budget and resources. I'm personally not sure. I still don't think IC pros are afforded the same respect 
or deference as our marketing and PR cousins. Strategy versus practical. So how should we be utilising this newfound fame and attention? Should we be pushing for more of a share of the organisation's strategic focus? Or should we be focusing more on practical matters? This is the typical ongoing quandary of the internal comms professional. Should one be looking at the big picture and connecting the dots from the company narrative to how we communicate and what we communicate? But then we must also think about the nuts and bolts of messaging, from themes to channels, language, tone and style. What we say counts, but how we say it is even more important. Plain language is the key to reaching your audience faster. By reach, I mean ensuring the messages land well and are easy to understand. Of course, the recipients may not like what's being said, but at least they will understand what's being said. Guidance states that the language level chosen should be that which a secondary or high school student can understand. 15 or 16 year olds should be easily able to decipher what's been said. How many times have we written an update and put that same update through the approval loop? What comes out at the other end is usually completely different from what went in. Squabbles over the choice of wording should never overshadow the overall message. Once you're in the realm of semantics, things can get messy. Is useful better than handy? Probably if your audience includes employees outside the UK. Is fatigued to better than tired? Probably not if you want to keep your communication simple and straight to the point. Creating an IC function. Now organisations are taking a much closer look at how effective strategic internal communications can be a game changer for employees during times of crisis. How can we, as IC professionals, guide leaders to make the right decisions regarding structure, size and responsibilities? Well, the world's your oyster to some extent. The typical IC structure would include a director or head of whose responsibility is to take a helicopter view of how internal comms can align itself at a strategic level with the organisation's mission, vision, purpose and values. Quite often, you see internal comms functions that are completely comprised of fairly junior colleagues. What happens in this instance is you get a lot of activity taking place, a lot of noise, channels and executions, which can be useful but will often lack direction and focus. Secondly, there should be at least one, depending on the size of the organisation, or two internal communicators who partner with specific parts of the business. Quite often, these business units will already have resource in place to manage internal communication, in which case pulling them into the team, not necessarily from a reporting perspective, but just so they are connected to the overall communication coming from the centre, is a great way to foster message alignment. The worst examples of communication clashes happen when individual departments and functions send out bespoke communication for their audience groups without aligning those messages with what's been sent out from the centre. A channels coordinator is another pivotal role that can help shape the approach to using existing communication vehicles and assessing which new ones, if any, are required. 
This person will also be a great support for stakeholders who are not sure of the channels, how they work and how to get the best out of them. A well-resourced IC function would also include a designer and video or media specialist, as well as an assistant who could feed into business-as-usual comms, as well as those all-consuming campaigns like the annual employee survey, annual reports and change and transformation projects. Much of the internal communicator's role concerns administration, liaising with stakeholders and their teams, as well as trying to get time in leaders' calendars for them to get involved in sharing updates. An extra pair of hands to coordinate these tasks is invaluable. So the jury's still out on how effective internal communications has been during the pandemic, whether this will result in increased resource and budget. What does the ideal function look like to you? Is it integrated? I personally think that internal communications and external communication should be one and the same. So you take an integrated approach where you look at your external and internal audience groups. Listen, rate and subscribe. Tell me what you think and contact me via LinkedIn at Katasiche. That's I-S-I-C-H-E-I. Or send me an email via katasiche at wheretolookcoms.co.uk. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. And remember, opportunities to engage are everywhere. You just need to know where to look.